Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 272, recorded live on March 19th, 2020. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk about the Indie World Showcase. We're going to hit some other fine points, and we're going to talk about some responses that you've had to what's going on in our world today. Jesse, cue that music. What's up, everybody? It's Marty here, and it's episode 272 of Nintendo Dads, and it's March 19th, 2020. Joining me tonight on the show, Jesse Waldack. How's it going, buddy? It's, this has been the weirdest week. Yeah, I, I've been on so many phone calls for regular work and just emergency work. I felt I've, like I've gotten no real work done, like all week. <laughs> It's kind of frustrating because, like, I it's, want to do uh, stuff, but I'm just sitting there on the phone all day. But at least, greatest weeks ever. But at least I have a job still that is, you know, through the through this, whatever this is. Because I know a lot of people are unable to work due to no fault of their own. That's right. That's right. Always look for the silver lining. Speaking of silver lining, Tim Off, how's it going? Doing good, uh, considering uh, with kids being cooped up and trying to figure out what to do for them, you know, being in in Michigan. Uh, excuse me, I mean Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, just having a good old time trying to. Oh my gosh, there's a green orb behind Justin. What the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah, Justin yeah, Luke, shows up. Uh, Luca decided to show up. Uh, but we're, we're right in the middle introduction here, Justin. So why don't you tell everybody that you're doing okay? We can't, can't hear, hear us. Talking. Can you hear us? Hello. Can you hear us? Justin. You probably Hi, can't Justin. Hear us. He doesn't even know we started. Oh, we'll, hey, we'll get to him here in just a minute. Uh, guys, it's uh, definitely been one heck of a weird week uh, in, in everybody's life. There's nobody's life that this week has not uh, touched at all. And uh, we're going to attempt in the next little bit here on this podcast, take your mind off that for a little bit and talk about some uh, cool Nintendo stuff that happened this week, as well as some other stuff going on in and around the world of video games. And so as Justin adjusts his video screen there, why don't we get right to the news, shall we? And our news is brought to us this week by you guys, and every week actually, by you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Uh, and we want to take just a minute right here to talk about something uh, that we're doing with our Patreon over the next couple of months. Uh, if you are already a patron, then you should have gotten an email about this, and there's a post about it on our patron site uh, that you can go read. But due to all that's going on in the world right now, uh, we are suspending Patreon collection for the next two months. So in April and May, you can continue to be a patron of Nintendo Dads and also eat chips very loudly on the podcast. Uh, you can continue to be a patron of the show and pay nothing. Uh, and we understand that for dollar patrons, that may not be a big deal, but we also have uh, a good number of high dollar patrons as well, 10, 15, and $30 patrons. And so, guys, it's our way of saying we're all in this together. We want you to uh, to not have any kind of hardship at all. 
Uh, what that does is it does not kick you off our Patreon uh, or off of, off of our Patreon. What it simply does is it allows you to enjoy the benefits of being a Nintendo Dad's patron for free. For free? For free. There he is. For free? That's free. crazy. Well, it is a little crazy, but you know what? We're a little crazy. And it's almost like it crazy. sounds like we're doing a podcast for the first time. It is it that bad? <laughs> this is all over the place. It kind of crazy. Hey, listen, <laughs> fair enough. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm sorry. I thought we started at nine thirty, not nine. I must have missed that memo. Uh, Marty. So let me yeah. ask you this then: If I was a listener to this, and first and foremost, uh, Marty's a hundred percent correct about the impact this entire week has, and uh, and although. A dollar may seem like a very small amount to you. Um, we just know that people are in a situation where it's tough. So we 100% support the idea of suspending it as well. A couple things I want to say here. If you are a fan of Nintendo Dads, you may be starting to put this piece together saying, well, hold on a second. Then then could I join <laughs> the Patreon for 100% for free for the next several months or boost up my tier for free? Yeah. It's exactly what it means, hundred percent. At, at least a six week trial, or for at least a for at least a eight week two eight month week tryout. So if you've been on yeah. the fence about Patreon, about maybe what happens the Nintendo data Patreon, you don't fully understand it, uh, but you've been interested. Now is definitely time to jump in there, see what that experience is like. Um, but as as Marty mentioned before, whatever tier you're at, you will continue to get the exact same level of support and benefits of those tiers regardless of the two-month um, kind of hold on funds. This community, this is put together because of people uh, like you, like a you know, listener every single day. We have been blessed by the support the community has given us. And this is just a very small way of, of recognizing that times are tough, times are challenging. And let's just just take away some of that pressure from you as quickly as we can and make sure that is, is nice and easy. Now, I know that some people in the community will say, but hold on a second. I still love you guys. You guys still do awesome work. How can I still support you? Can I still support you? Um, first and foremost, not necessary, but we 100% do appreciate that. If that is something that you are still like itching to do, you're like, no, I want to support. I want to support. I want to support. If you want to support, you can head over to something like Twitch and subscribe there. Again, there's no money out of your pocket. You have a subscription. If that, If it's so important to you, that's something you do. If you have Amazon Prime, you get Twitch Prime. You can use a sub there costs you no money um, if it's if it's one of those things. Because we know that we have over 100 Patreon supporters that will be asking a question. Some of them will be asking that question. That's important to you. You can do that. But we are not taking any Patreon money for the next at least two months um, in, this, in this time. And if you're not a Twitch user but a YouTube user, there's the, the Super Chat function yeah. as well. Yeah. There's a bunch of different functionalities as well if, that's, if it's so super, super important to you. But again, we are not saying you do that. It is truly up to you. What we are doing is we are suspending though Patreon uh, until in, until life maybe finds a new way of being normalized. Right. Yeah, I think we, we've agreed on <laughs> through the end of May, and then around mid-May we'll decide on what we're going to do with June. Yeah, we'll make another decision then. Yeah, and we, we will, will communicate just that like, to all of our subscribers. Just like every other decision in the rest of the world, it's we'll see what happens. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And we will yep. definitely uh, communicate that to every single one of our subscribers as well, uh, long before we begin reactivating Patreon. So everyone is fully aware of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that explanation, Justin. Really yeah. good stuff. And uh, we just, I, I think it, it would be a great time to say that we appreciate each and every one of our patrons. Uh, we appreciate everyone who follows us on social media. We appreciate everyone who's watched a YouTube video or been with us any amount of time. Uh, you guys are why we do this. And uh, we just, we appreciate you guys so much. This is a tough time for everybody involved, no matter what. A lot of uncertainty, uh, but that's why we want to exist during this time. And we want to make ourselves as accessible as possible to alleviate some of that stress and anxiety and whatever. This show will still be a train wreck. Nine times out of 10, this will continue to be a train wreck of nonsense and chaos. And we hope right? that for that 90 minutes, two hours, two and a half hours, perhaps it's three hours because we can't just determine it, how time works. It's because and we're that's probably fun. why half, most of the people still listen. Yeah, we're and we had five more guests, right? Uh, but because of you, whatever value you Fine. find in this, right? Hopefully this is a spot for rest for you. An opportunity to just, you know, Zach used to say it's a little corner of the internet, right? Nintendo Dads is a little corner of the internet, and this little corner over five years has grown. Uh, and, and we're just so, I'm just so thankful for it. We've talked about it before, just the amount of support that everyone provides to everyone in the community. We have seen so much people in our Discord having conversations about homeschooling now with kids or dealing with challenges or how do we support each other. And that community has grown. And again, whether it's Patreon, Discord, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all the stuff that we do, the emails we get, those touch points. This is this is your family. This is your home. But we're appreciative of that. Make sure that you're taking care of your family and your home currently. Uh, we're still going to be here. and We always will be as well. But mind yourself, take care of yourself, uh, and we love you. Absolutely. God bless you. That's the end of our show. Good night, folks. <laughs> Bye. That's, that's it, right? <laughs> episode 272. No, uh, we do have things to talk about. So let's uh, talk about the uh, talk about Indie it. World Direct. Please understand. Um. Nintendo. Do you, like, um, do you like my backdrop, by the way? I love your backdrop. Thank you. I got cool. a green like, screen today. I like that green screen thing. I, lo yeah. I, love, I love your backdrop. Uh, Nintendo chooses a really odd time to finally drop a direct uh, right in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, but we get the Indie World Showcase uh, this past, uh, was that Tuesday? Yep, the um, 17th. That was Tuesday. Yes, 17th. St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and it included the announcement of one, two, three, ten, twenty games. Yeah, yeah the, the date was the birth of Irish the Hedgehog. I don't know if you saw that, but that was hilarious. Oh, um, unfortunately, I saw that. Um, so, guys, I just around that. the horn awesome. here, what I thought we would do is instead of breaking down every game, because that would take forever and nobody wants to hear that, um, I just thought we'd, we'd talk about what did we think about this presentation. I didn't get to watch it until later in the afternoon but I finally did get to sit through it. There were some definite standouts for me, as you can imagine, uh, knowing the history of games that I've promoted on this podcast. <laughs> um, but I am not going to talk about that yet. And so Tim, Justin's shoving chips in his mouth. So we're going to start with you first. What did you think <laughs> about this? Uh, Swallow quick. About this whole thing. Uh, well, I got to... I got the opportunity to watch it with Justin and with the on Twitch and do a live reaction of it. And my first reaction was I was actually overwhelmed for me because there was a lot of content. I was like, Ooh, that, that looks cool. Ooh, that looks cool. I'm, I'm interested in that. And uh, where am I going to get the money to buy all these indie games, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it, 
to me, I was overwhelmed by how many games stood out for me uh, that I'm actually looking forward to. Yeah, 100%, okay. Tim. Marty's on mute. 100%, Tim. Lots of games. I was uh, I was up getting a, a glass of water, but yeah, I, I mean, talked too. I didn't talk enough, apparently. <laughs> no, that's fine. I wasn't quick enough. Uh, tons of games that were uh, announced in this indie world direct uh, that I was really into as well, uh, and I'll talk about those here uh, in a little bit. Je- uh, Jesse, what about you? Your your thoughts and feelings on the whole presentation as a whole? Overall, you know, it was it. Was it definitely was informative. We saw new things, which is what we wanted to see. Uh, as of what is there anything here that I care about? I would say very little. Um, I'm trying to. I don't even remember what half of this stuff is. Uh, I I think uh, Jesse, I do have the list open. Do you want me to read it really quickly? Well, I'm looking at the list. I just don't remember okay. what the games were. Okay. Um, like I think Baldo was I think one that interested me, and. I'm thinking Summer and Mara might might have been one, and The Good Life, or like the, the three games. If I I remember thinking that might have me have might interested me, might have I might have interest in did maybe anyone else Dicey Dungeons the, as well. Uh, did anyone else get the distinct impression that Blue Fire uh, had took a lot away from Hat in Time? I didn't play Hat in Time enough to be able to make that context. I have like, no idea. When it first came on, uh, you know, being the first game, you know, me and my son are watching it. And we immediately thought this is made by the people who made Hat in Time, like the same type of movement patterns and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. going on and a uh, little, you know, dash, jump, jump, that, you know, in the air and, and all kinds of a lot of stuff. Oh no, I, I haven't seen him play too much of a hat in time, but it like immediately I went, mm, that looks yeah, that's real familiar. See, I'm not familiar with that game, so that I didn't even think of that. Okay. Justin, but I do, what about you? Um what did you think sorry about to interrupt, no, but to go back to the presentation part that you were mentioning, how did I think about the overall presentation? I actually liked how they presented all the games because it was very succinct it was very you know it was just like you didn't have to go from the video to the narrators or those two people that usually talk it was just uh um them talking and narrating without having to you know go from the video there was no breakup it was just you know here's a game here's a game they did have some points where the developers were speaking and i thought that was pretty cool but it was just like okay here's the game here's the developer in some cases they they did their little speech they showed the game then it went on to the next one then it went on to the next one i did think that that flow actually works better than tossing it back to a host who feels like they have to fill time or have to hype up what's, you know, set up what's coming next. It was just boom, yes. boom, boom, boom. And yeah. The, the pacing, the pacing was really spot on. I thought. I, I just wonder if, if the pacing or the presentation has something to do with everything that's going on, like the way they put this together, even uh, were they not able to, you know, have people in the studio or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Justin, what about you? Did you, did you enjoy the, the direct? What did you think about it? Yeah, I thought it was good overall. Uh, I think to Tim's point, I thought the pacing was well, right? Like they revealed a fair chunk of games uh, relatively quickly. 
Um, I, I think again, what they do very well with the um, Nindies and even actually with their directs, I'd argue as well, is there's always something for someone, right? Like if you don't like this game, wait 90 seconds, there's going to be another game and it might be for you. Do you know what I mean? They do that really, really quite well. Um, a couple of ones that, that really kind of stood out to me and I've got the list ahead of me. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to name them all, but I'm just going to name the ones that stood out to me. The first one that really caught my attention uh, and this actually just on the way the list here is, is the last campfire mm-hmm. by yeah. hello games. Now this was really interesting. And the reason I found this interesting and Tim, I mentioned this to you, I think on the stream was that the, the announcer said, you know, uh, the last campfire from hello games, the creators of no man's sky. And I thought that was really interesting because No Man's Sky is not a Nintendo Switch game. Um, but to announce it on a Nintendo Switch stream and call reference to it, when we know in the past Nintendo has very much been like uh, almost not really pretending or knowing what other companies or other developers or other systems do, that one caught me a little bit off guard. I wouldn't be shocked if some year, sometime in 2020 we see No Man's Sky come to the Switch. I have no foundation to say that's true, <laughs> but it feels like something that could happen there. The other thing I thought was very interesting, uh, and before I move on to the other games that caught my attention, a lot of exclusive on, first on, yes. right? Uh, so yeah, like that the first... was, or time exclusive, right? There was a lot of language. Like the the around... first six games were all uh, timed exclusives. Yeah, a lot of language around that as well. Um I think I find those very interesting, right? Because it's basically who which who shows up to the table, right, with the most amount of money or the most connections, or maybe where the developer wants to go or the publisher wants to go to make to to make that kind of first on uh, agreement. You know, this is a great example. So, for, so one of the things uh, like to reference this creature in the well came to the Nintendo Switch in September. That is only coming to Sony or Xbox, I believe, later this month. So like six month waiting period, right? We're going to see these first on and timed exclusives more and more as the consoles and the developers continue to kind of um, bolster right their uh, their libraries and, and and you know hey we've got we've got our Halos we've got our Mario's we've got our Ratchet and Clanks but we've also got exclusivity on these other indies or other third parties that we want you to come to. So I think this was a, this was one of those things where Nintendo was really maybe coming to the table really for the very first time that we've, that we've actually auditorily really heard it, where it's first on, exclusively on, timed exclusive, right? So I thought that was very, very interesting. As I want to circle back my, around to the No Man's Sky for a thing for just yeah, a second sure. before we get too far out of this. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that that's one of those titles like uh, um, Watch Dogs that maybe is – it's too late for it to be on Switch. It could be. It's it's tough to say, right? Like the, like Hello Games, you know, when when um when No Man's Sky came out. I mean, if you're a video game kind of connoisseur or know the industry, that had a very hard hard start, right? Yeah. It stumbled and it took about two years to really find its footing. But the understanding of it is now the amount of time, energy, and patches that Hello Games put into that game and. and there isn't a lot of success stories of a game comes out uh, out of the gate, really falls hard, and a developer spends the time, energy, and resources to make it appropriate, to make it fixable, and to really get to a spot where it really needed to be off of off of the bat. Um, but Hello Games did that, 
right? And, and I think that very much so if you talk to someone nowadays, No Man's Sky is the promise that they had five years ago when it came out. Mm-hmm. So it's in a state now where I think, and, and probably if you're a developer, right, who spent a bunch of time putting money and energy into that game, right, you're probably at a lost leader currently. Do you know what I mean? Like you're spending so much time and resources to patch that that you had your workforce somewhere else. You want to try and make back that money as quick as possible because there were some other, there were some negative reviews. People didn't pick it up, that kind of stuff. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see it actually come to switch in its current state. Now, whether it's, you know, is it going to sell gangbusters? Maybe, I don't know. People may pick it up. I don't know. Tough to say, but at least they're trying to get some of their money back. Right. right. You know, again, if I diversify and put on more platforms more people can buy it, more revenue coming in, therefore I can probably maybe cut my losses that may have occurred around it as well. Plus they could sell it as maybe like No Man's Sky Definitive Edition. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, it's there's renewed or hyped up interest in it as well. And that may have been part of the agreement that um, that Hello Games ended up coming to when you talk about um, Hello, sorry, The Last Campfire. Right. That may have been a sure. We'll make you a deal. You we can, we'll be first on the Nintendo Switch. We'll take the exclusive whatever with you. However, we'd like to bring No Man's Sky to you also. Mm-hmm. Can we do that? And will you allow it? Right. Will you work with us to partner to get it there? Will you help our right. resourcing? So there may have been negotiations. Again, we don't know those things. I'm only spitballing from just a business perspective. That interests me. Tim, I see your hand up in the back. Yes, Timothy Alf. Question, sir. <laughs> Yes, I wanted to say that I would like to look at a different perspective of it, that not necessarily that No Man's Sky would come to the Switch, although it would be nice, especially with one of my new favorite things that I posted about earlier, which is the ability to play on the PC and then cross-save or cross-play between the PC and the Nintendo Switch. I think a lot of people would really like that, If and I don't remember if No Man's Sky is on the PC or not, but... If they do, if that is one game that they eventually will bring to the PC, if it's not there already, that could be a selling point that could come to the Switch. But the other aspect I wanted to look at was that what you brought up was not maybe not necessarily that it would that it's coming to the Switch, but what they did was so well known that it did fall flat, and then they worked so hard to bring it back up that maybe Nintendo was even impressed and said, yeah, we'll take, you know, we would like to get your game on ours first, you know, or exclusive or whatever the case may be. Um, and also too, I think a lot as we move forward in this day and age where there's a lot of data used, where more and more companies are using data to, 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 for customer experience, mm-hmm. um, they could be looking at it as, yes, we know that we're not the only system that most gamers use. If you're a hardcore gamer, uh, you know, hardcore gamer with quotes, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. or someone who plays a lot of games, you know, and you're, you're really into it as a hobby. Nintendo Switch is not going to be your only place to play because you want to play those other games on other systems and No Man's Sky is another game on another system that people are familiar with, especially with all that media around it that says, okay, yeah, they made this. They got to a good point with it and they're bringing a game specifically for the Switch. So yeah, I would bring up that name. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely, right. So I think I think there's definitely some uh, some components there, and I think it was, again, I'm only hypothesizing, right? I and I Me think too. I remember during the <laughs> during this stream, Tim, I was like, wait, wait, did they just say that? And I was like, well, yes. that's interesting. A um, couple of things that caught my attention: Blue Fire. I thought that was interesting. That was when they started with that kind of like 
looked like um, Dark Toon Link, essentially. Um, I thought that was a very interesting um, precision-based platformer. Um, the other ones that caught my mind, um, Quantum League. Quantum League. This was that kind of um, 1v1 or 2v2 um, time warp kind of game that has this loop, this time loop around it where you tactically you team up with others, with your past and future self. Um, so that one kind of looks interesting. I've seen some gameplay of that. I don't know the, the tale of that, whether that's super engaging or, and again, that's an, I think that's very much an online infrastructure you require there. Um, moving out, we've talked about moving out, I think, before. Looks like an overcooked game. I've got the demo download, I think, came out this week as well. That caught my attention. I thought the very other interesting that I thought was the other one, interesting one that I thought was Blair Witch. Now, I'm not interested in Blair Witch. I don't like horror games, but I thought that was a very interesting coming to Switch uh, title. So I thought that was that was really really fascinating. The game Did you that see I had Adam's response to your no, post I on didn't. That? What was he it? He said that it's such a great game that you should play it on a console on a big TV. Okay, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, is, is this, I'll take one. Go ahead, Jesse. I'm sorry. So is this a port of what was out in PS4 a few years ago? Yeah, came out last year. No, not yeah, not a few years ago. It was the the most recent game that came out for. For systems, I thought yeah. it was 2018, it was but I could be wrong. Those on PS4 and Xbox when it came out there, a lot of people really liked it. So I'll tell you one that I was really surprised about. I, I'm like Justin; I love the Last Campfire. Uh, it looks amazing, uh, but I am really interested in Wingspan, uh, which was shown off in the sizzle reel at the end uh, because uh, a lot of you who listen know that I play a ton of board games. Wingspan's been one of my favorite board games over the last year, uh, which is it's a board game about bird watching, uh, which sounds really boring. But if you think about it, it's something that we probably haven't seen a lot of before. Uh, and this just looks like a really cool adaptation of it. Um, I've loved Carcassonne and um, on, on the Switch, I've loved playing it. And I think that it's a perfect platform for board games. So um, I say bring them on. I, I, like, I was totally into that game. And also one that I haven't heard anybody mention yet, uh, Bark looked really fun. Uh, dogs flying spaceships in a, in a shooter. Yes, please. How do you go wrong with that? Right. Right. Uh, I, I, I when you mentioned you know what did I like about the presentation there was I there was nine games I think total that I liked on there and I figured I'd wait to mention them all but uh, a few of those that you guys mentioned were the ones that I liked too but uh, the one that did stand out to me as well that Justin mentioned was the last campfire just that just the art on that was mind blowing to me just mm-hmm. how well the lighting was for that. I got yeah. at times at times Tim I got feelings of like Ori yes meets Pode for anyone who remember who played Pode with a touch of Journey yes do you know yep. what I mean like it felt like that kind of like all blended yeah, up good together. combination there Justin yeah. I, I was watching it and as soon as I saw uh, moving out I thought of you and Jody as oh, much time as you've put into Overcooked. The the interesting part, the good folks, the uh, the wonderful folks that have uh, Team Seventeen and SMG who developed that, they reached us reached out to us about two months ago, actually about that game, 
And they're like, hey, we've got a Steam early access code. Do you want it? And I was like, oh, I don't typically get Steam. But I was like, I do now. So I downloaded <laughs> Steam and we've got that going. And we've got the demo preloaded. Yeah, we're super excited for that one. So Oh, that's really cool. Um, of the course. Other, so, sorry, the other no, one that no, actually no, caught no, my sorry. attention that I thought was very interesting, speaking of Journey, is Sky Child or Children of the Light. And it's actually from the creator of Journey. Um, huh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah. So, and if you, and I I'm on the, I'm on the website right now. Beautiful screenshots, um, beautiful art style. This definitely looks like, um, yeah, this stuff, this, this definitely caught my attention as well. Cool. And of course, I, I think for me, the most exciting part of the whole thing was the one more thing at the end, uh, when they shadow dropped exit the gungeon, uh, with no warning. Uh, I've been here. Here's the deal. I had already played Exit the Gungeon on Apple Arcade, right? I never played it with a controller. I played it with touchscreen controls, and it was terrible. Um, it was not at all good. And so I was not coming into this with a very favorable opinion of Exit the Gungeon because it it is very, very different than Enter the Gungeon. But Justin managed to get us a code for it and served it up, and we've got a YouTube video up right now, which, by the way, uh, let me let me apologize for the YouTube video because I recorded it without realizing that the audio on the game was all the way like was up way further than the mic, and so you can't <laughs> hear a word I'm saying, and it's just garbage. But I've, I didn't I've have had time videos like that before. It. I didn't have time to re-record it, and so it's out there. If you want to see what the gameplay is like, uh, imagine to imagine it enter the gungeon uh, with randomized weapons that change every ten seconds or so based on how well you're doing in the game and it's 2d and you can jump. It's somebody, uh, somebody in our community didn't like the 10 second weapon change. Yeah. I think that was Drew. He <laughs> it was uh, Drew. Drew it was, was Drew. a block. I can't remember. I don't know why it was I Drew. I don't know why I don't just call him John, but it's, he's <laughs> yeah, on the columns of block, later, but it was later, Drew. Later on in the day, he asked, you know, have, have I mentioned that I didn't like the 10 second thing? And uh, I replied that he, maybe he should say it every 10 seconds. <laughs> see, try the game every 10 seconds. See if it changes. No, complain about it every it's 10 really, seconds. It, yeah, it's meant. really cool. <laughs> um, I'm like, I was super excited about it. Uh, I've spent some time with it over the last couple of days and I, it's grown on me now. But uh, I'm just telling you, if you're out there and you like to enter the Gungeon, it's very different it's very different um but oh no there was there wasn't any other uh shadow drop was there i think there was one that there came was out one like other after that but it wasn't like skyrocket was mentioned in the montage that was also dropped yesterday oh yeah later or, today or tuesday so that's out now too um this one was a little i think was a little uh light on shadow drops um unlike other indie directs um any theories on why that might be Two sounded like a normal number to me. And I, I thought that maybe the one where they did Into the Breach, they had like three. I think we typically run about two to three, Marty. Like I think, and I think the two was, I think the two was appropriate. Like I think it was, it was fine. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't like the indie direct. Sometimes they're like real bangers. Do you know what I mean? Like you're just, you're, you're coming off it. Like you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all that happened. I thought this was like a good six or seven. 
you know what I mean? I think the mm-hmm. thing that I was saying to Tim too is I was like, you know what I would love to see is uh, a couple of, a couple of those dates a little bit closer as opposed to summer. That felt like summer, summer, summer. You're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, summer. I think yeah. one game was in April, right? like three or four were springs, but the majority of them were summer or later. Yeah. So and they're and then they do that kind of like quick sizzle reel, and you're like, okay, um, you're like moving out is the end of April. You're like, okay, okay, okay. What I would have really loved to see for a sizzle reel, and again. I'm, you know, we're not bashing it, but here's what I would have loved to see. There are a bunch of other games hanging out there that we still don't have some release dates on, right? I'd love to see a little bit more firmed up of that. Like, you know, again, I keep coming back to it, but like Super Meat Boy Forever. Do we have any, well, like... I don't think Nintendo has ever gone back and recovered something they've already talked about I, in the past. Not that I'm saying I don't agree with you, but, yeah. you know, they've only ever introduced new games, but never re- come back and talked about, like, updated release timing that's true Which, yeah i think not, they should I, too i'm not saying they have to like like a like a almost kind of like a where are they now do you know what i mean like they don't necessarily need to do one of those but i think a quick sizzle reel of these games that we have heard before seen before yeah. like, just yeah. like here's a quick snapshot and it's like or, there's a date at the end next one yeah it's part of the sizzle reel but like at the end yeah exactly right yeah that's exactly it. just at the end and it's like here are the, you know Six or like, seven games that you've heard of before that we've covered somewhere else, so we've given a spotlight to a little bit of focus to, and here it is, boom, boom, boom. This one's May, you know, May May twenty third, twenty twenty, boom, boom. This is April sixteenth, twenty twenty. Just a quick like, oh, there they are, because we don't really hear about them until all of a sudden they pop off into like, oh, they showed up in the eShop, and you're like, oh, I didn't know that, right? Or you see right. a tweet. I I would just love for Nintendo to. And, and again, I, Jesse, I know you have this like running dock and there's probably like there are 800 indie games that they probably listed over the last three years, but like a little bit of a, just like closing that loop. So if you know, some of these games are coming up in the next three months, right. That you actually have a date for, because you know this, because you're part of the, the develop, you know, not the development team, I'm sorry, but like the public relations, the communications, the eShop development, right. All that part, like you're scheduling tweets, you know, these things, right. Or whatever it is that you can start putting pieces together. And even if it's not like a definitive date, but you could say, May, June, whatever. It's a little, I don't know. Again, I'm not, well, I don't I want to be super whiny, but I just, yeah, well, I'd love to kind of know, like, where are we? We've known about Meat Boy for about two years now, and it's still TV. Oh, my yeah. God. It was year one. I mean, it was it was 2017. I, I, yeah, I played it at EGX 2017, and I sat down and talked to Tommy about that game. I have an interview. It's on our YouTube channel where I played it tabletop mode in the press room with him and recorded it on my iPhone. Like that was nearly two and a half years ago. God bless him. I love the games, but like, what is going on with that thing? I have no clue. You know, another thing that this brings up with Exit the Gungeon coming out on Switch is that it shows us that that early exclusivity uh, for Apple Arcade is ending for some games. Uh, And so, uh, Jesse, that means we're going to probably see the new Shantae game soon. Finally. Uh, that also means that Inmost, which is a game I've been watching for a long while, we're probably going to see. Uh, there were other games that were the initial round of Apple Arcade when it launched. I think it's somewhere around 30 games. Uh, what the Golf and others that have been advertised for Switch. Yeah. Inmost is still yeah. just flagged as 2020. Yeah. I think, I think we'll start seeing those very soon. I don't think they're going to stack up all at once because Apple Arcade likes to release like a new game or two every week. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see when all of those finally make their way over. I'm, I'm personally, 
I'm waiting for Inmost and Shantae on the Switch because I, that's how I want to play them. That's how I want to experience those games. Uh, I don't want to play them on an iPad with a controller. So uh, if you guys had to give this direct a, a, a letter grade, uh, you know, A, B, C, D, or F, what, 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 what would you give it? C for me. It was just kind of... It was like the normal type of direct for me, you know, you know, new information, but very little that I really care about. Okay. I would give it, um, for me personally, I would give it a B based on the games that I'm interested in and, um, and we'll look at and keep an eye on. But overall, I think the presentation was an A. Mm -hmm. Okay. Justin? I'd give it like a B, B minus. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like when I first thought the what grade I would give it, I would say B minus. It wasn't like A plus, it blew my mind. I'm still thinking about it today, but it was B minus. There's some solid games coming. There's some stuff I don't care about uh, as well. But like what I care about was showcased well. Uh, I do think the presentation flow worked better than it ever has. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd like to see them keep that format. Yeah. I, yeah think that's, I think that's probably why I gave it the A because of the presentation and, and what they were doing. And it was very, you know, the pacing was great for me and just, yeah, I didn't probably want to play every single game or want to buy every single game, but that's why I, that's why I felt like I had to give two grades just because overall I think, yes, they should stick with this format. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but as far as games that I want, I, you know, probably give it a B, like I said. Yeah, I, um, well, and- I, you know, it was funny. I was trying to think about like, cause they always do this, this indie direct right around GDC. And I believe this would have been the week for GDC, if memory serves me correctly. Um, Last year when they did this, they opened up with Cuphead and they finished and they finished with Cadence of Hyrule. Was it was it the one where they did Cuphead also that did they not announce Ori in that one as well? No, no. Ori was later. Okay, Ori was later. Or he was, yeah, yeah. That was a that's a super strong showing there. Yeah, like do you know what I mean? And and and, 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 and I'm not and, saying every session has to be like that. But like that's that to me was like an A plus. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. out of nowhere, something I didn't expect. Um, for me, the one game that I was really fingers crossed was hoping for in this one was actually uh, Outer Wilds. Yes. Outer, Worlds? Outer Outer Wilds Wilds because Worlds oh, wow. is the Right, yeah, Outer Wilds. I thought that would have been a would have been a very interesting one as well. But that's just me from an indie perspective. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, a lot of people reacted to this as well, and so I want to read a few comments from uh, people who are watching and listening with us. Uh, these these are from Twitter at an aging punk says my interest level in any of them is almost certainly dependent on price, but the last campfire, Bark, Quantum League, and Blair Witch all intrigued me. At Highly Angaro says Blue Fire and Last Campfire look interesting to me. Uh, and Brian Jedi 80, you said, man, uh, <laughs> Onyxus underscore music said moving out because I'm overcooked Blair Witch. I love horror games. Summer in Mara. I got a wind waker feel and the last campfire reminded me of the Ori art direction are the ones that really nabbed my attention. No sign of silk song though, which is the hollow Knight sequel. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm patient. Overall good. Uh, at Scruffy Wookie says, um, well, he left an office meme. So there you go. Uh, on the Discord, Messmaker says, that was a good direct, quite a few interesting, good-looking games. And the ones that caught my attention the most were Baldo, Summer and Mara, Quantum League, Glass Campfire. Frosticles 43 says Baldo and Summer and Mara. Glad to finally get release windows for those. JC Sorrel says Woof. That's what I say to that direct, and I'm not talking about the one flying dog game. Uh, Zablanc says was in love with. Good thing or I don't think thing? I don't think so. I think he did not like it. Uh, Zablanc <laughs> says I wasn't in love he with that like direct it. personally. Some decent looking games, especially Last Campfire, but most of the other indie shows had something that really grabbed me. All good. I enjoy them. And Exit the Gungeon Shadow Drop is cool. Blockfort says, uh, I'm on the same boat. Seemed a little lackluster. Can't put my finger on it. Docad87 says, I quite enjoyed it and would love Samus as a playable character in Exit the Gungeon. And then finally, Totally Colin says, Exit the Gungeon looks fun. I'll wait until it goes on sale one day or just play it on Apple Arcade with the free trial. Everything else just like more looked like more of the same from indie devs. Looks like uh, a lot of trying to recreate experiences which already exist in many other games. Although, moving out did look cool. That direct just made me more and more thankful that Animal Crossing is releasing this week. And by the way, uh, as we're saying that, we are seven minutes away as time of recording from Digital Unlock for Animal Crossing here in the United States. Um, super excited about that one. Is that why we started half an hour early and nobody told me? No. We started half an hour early because um, we were just all here and ready, and okay. there wasn't much to talk about in the post in the pre-show. And sorry about that. That's all right. I was just like, huh. <laughs> fair enough, yeah. guys. Whatever. Yeah, we actually did had show notes ready before ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Instead of writing yeah, them up totally to write at ten. I hear your sarcasm. Let's talk just a little bit about some other maybe Nintendo news. And I think this is pertinent because it was huge. Uh, the PS5 specs were revealed this week for PlayStation 5 in what could possibly go down as the oddest uh, console reveal press conference in history ever. Uh, yeah. they, put a, they put a guy on stage and let him talk about all the fun technical guts of, uh, of the... <laughs> <laughs> the PlayStation 5. And honestly, I'm a PlayStation fan, like, moderately. Like, I'm okay with them. But did this not, to anybody else, feel like a huge jab at people who have been demanding PS5 specs Well, to anyone well, else? Or is the, it just me? The thing about no, this I'm is Sony did this completely wrong. They shouldn't have advertised it the way they did. They made it sound like it was going to be a big announcement for public consumption. This show was not for public consumption. No. This was just designed for a GDC content, meaning right. not, not definitely not for the end users, not even I'm for the you. press. They're for the developers. And back to Justin's Marty. point earlier that this is supposedly supposed to be GDC week. Of course, it got canceled. Uh, maybe this was something that was supposed to go on there and they just... Oh, it definitely was. He opened with, this was supposed to be talked about at, GG, at GDC. Oh, okay. See, I haven't watched it. <laughs> I haven't watched it because I heard it was not good. 
Marty, yeah. I'm with you on it though, where, um, I was joking when I was watching it with another, uh, channel, the, um, the trophy room, the PS trophy room. Um, I was joking with him saying that I wonder if this is a jab, like you said, Marty, like all this demand for information for the PlayStation five that people on the internet and the Twitter sphere or Twitter verse been demanding. And Sony's like, Oh, okay. You want some information? Uh, here you go. <laughs> yeah, people were calling at a press conference, and I'm telling them, no, this is not yeah. for the media. This was a lecture. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Guys, that's what it was. Here's the deal. We can't even hope to break this stuff down for you. Uh, if if it's something that you want to be interested in or, or that you want to find out about, I mean, you can go look at it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I can I can give some like high-level bullet points, but I'm not going to go deep into it. Yeah, go ahead and tell us a yeah. couple of things. But basically, you know, they're they're having a custom built SSD, which has a higher output than normal SSDs, and then the the rest of the system's data flow is also custom to match it. So the plus side is virtually no load times, and and they, they talked about you know, like Spider Man had four hundred copies of a mailbox for faster loading time. But now, because seek time really eats up time, you know, in loading time, if you know how hard drives work. But in an SSD, you can just have one copy for the entire game, and it will load it just as fast. Um, it would reduce patching times, because the files don't have to be modified at, before you run them. That's what the 20-minute inst- install time is, when you have patch get a 10 gig patch of a PS4 game. So again, it's it's basically defragmenting itself in real time. So it doesn't, Mm. so there's no seeking during, during gameplay. So a lot, a lot of things to make things faster during game time, which also then means it's a custom hard drive. You can't just buy a two terabyte model off from micro center and throw it into your PS5. Like I did with my PS4. You know, yeah, this kind of reminds me of the uh, Sony memory stick for Sony digital cameras. Kind of. Well, even the PSP and Vita. But uh, yeah. But he said there will be upgrades available, but they're going to be pricey. Yeah, Seagate <laughs> is the company they're working with. Of course with they now. are. They're proprietary media. Yeah. And of course yeah, it's C- be Seagate is their then, company that they're working with, and then they're going to open the, it up later. I think there's normally like, say, channels hey, are you guys communication. Yeah, I can hear yeah, you. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. There's no, I think there's, they said there's only eight channels going on, but there's up to 12. But because of that, they had to change the, the capacity to match a certain threshold. So mm-hmm. it's something like an 865 gig. I have a number here somewhere. So it's not even a terabyte. And so that's going to be kind of restrictive at first. Yeah. Or probably more so later on, because yeah. when these games will get to be 200 gigs, if you want 4K, 8K textures to them. Anyway, it, it will su- support external hard drives, but because of the slower speed, because it's using USB, they recommend like PS4 games played through backward co- compatibility, run be run through them, you know, get them off the SSD to save them for the games that need it. Though he still can, and then it'll definitely benefit. They, when they talked about that, I think it was just for PS4. 
Is that right? No PS3? Well, like they didn't say it wasn't. They just they just said that like like they they, they compared like PS3 had backward compatibility with PS2 because there was literally a PS2 hardware inside, two separate systems in one box. They didn't want to do that here. So the the CPU and the GPU have comp- backward compatibility modes at the hardware level. So basically they probably will like never want to remove them because that's just more expensive to redesign new ones. So the PS5 can run in three modes, native mode for PS5 games, pro legacy mode for PS4, pro, PS4 pro mode, and PS4 legacy mode for PS4. Some, day, right. some games don't have pro functionality, so you wouldn't need the pro power. Mm. And games that only, if you're only running 10, 1080p, you don't need pro power. Like you don't need to tell it to generate the pro textures. So that's, I think that's what the difference between the two are. Okay. But if you're running 4K and you want the pro textures and you have the capacity in your hard drive, that's available to you on the games that support it. I think it's worth noting that as soon as all these specs came out, it was immediately obvious uh, in a chart that I saw that specs wise, the PS5 looks to be less powerful than the Xbox Series X. If yeah, if you do the the math, they did the calculations based on their gigahertz and cores and whatnot, and it's something like ten teraflops. But again, as we all say, who cares? Right. We want we just want the game to, to be fun to play. So so technic, you know, at the technical level, the Xbox Series X has more power, raw power than the PS5. But with what PS5 is doing with with memory transfer speeds it may be a wash we don't know yeah. we won't know yet until we have games in our hands well in last uh, generation the xbox was if i remember correctly the xbox one was still a little bit more powerful than the ps4 so but ps4 they, still did better they were infinitesimally right. powerful they were you know the, the original boxes at launch were almost identical and and the fact that that Microsoft has already come out and basically said there's no console exclusives for the first year of Series X and PS uh, or PlayStation has been kind of silent on that as well. Uh, I don't think we'll see any of the like. It, it'll be longer before we see the yeah. true power of the system, well, right? I, I well, I, I took well, yes, I would say yes because once they get to native specific games, then they'll start using the power more efficiently. But, you know, basically, I think it sounds like both sides for the first year, any games that come out will be available for both. So it'll be, it'll be a PS4 mode and a PS5 mode, which could, will have the higher textures, take advantage of the PS5 hardware, but obviously isn't required. And, right. And then Xbox One and Xbox Series X will be something very similar in their version of it. Right. Uh, speaking of systems, uh, Jesse, you've got some updates on the uh, Intellivision Amico. Oh, uh, yeah. At the same time of the indie uh, showcase, uh, Intellivision put out a three-minute video. And I kind of poked on them saying, that's not a good time to do that. Uh, it, it was kind of a, a thr- basically a two-and-a-half-minute montage reel of its own showing uh the games that are coming for it. Not all of them even have titles shown. So like if you know them from the original games, then you know them. If you don't, then you still don't know what they are. 
Like, I remember seeing a Night Stalker and a Shark Shark and a few of the other games. And then there were also new games in there, too. There's something called Safecracker, because some of the names I did were shown, because I splashed the title screen. But, you know, at the so, over 20 games shown of, like, modern takes on old classic games and new games. And at the very end, there was an... It stated that VIP pre-orders will start March 31st. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's, you know, I, I was part of the, the Founders Edition pre-order. My, my guess is this is a different, a pre-order for a different model, probably, hopefully it's not the wood grained. Uh, and it, it may not have all the extra add-ons, but, uh, but, you know, sure. we'll, we'll find out more about that on, on, in the, at the end of March. Yeah. Uh, one little thing, uh, one last little bar- blurb here we want to mention. Uh, 12 finalists for the 2020 induction into the World Video Game Hall of Fame have been revealed this week. These games, uh, again, uh, very um, varied and uh, different. Very varied, yes. They're very varied. Uh, Bejeweled, Centipede, Frogger, GoldenEye 007, Guitar Hero, King's Quest, Minecraft, NBA Jam, Nokia Snake, Super Smash Brothers Melee, <laughs> Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Uh, <laughs> y'all probably know where I'm going with this. The best one out of these is Nokia Snake. Right? No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Well, the reason why that's on the list is because they're saying it Kind of was the grandfather of what we now know as mobile gaming, but really, Snake. That's yeah. I know. So I I originally someone I think it might have been Skinny Matt uh, in the the Mega Dad's Discord posted the link, so I decided to steal it and and share it. Like out of all of this, we know that Justin still plays Nokia Snake. Right? We do? Yeah. No, I don't play Nokia Snake. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, like, what was your highest score on Nokia Snake? Good 1800. But what would happen is, like, right at the end, it would turn and done. Done. You know what I'm saying? 1800. As soon as as you get that personal best, you get a phone call. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) It's tough. Yeah, there you go. Look, I had the Nokia survive the nuclear winter phone, right? Um, I remember playing Snake on that bad boy with my customizable faceplate. I've never owned one. Well, you haven't lived. I'm on, I think I'm okay with that. Uh, well, guys, that's our news for this week. Uh, let's segue into a little bit of discussion, shall we? So I want to start with this question. Is GameStop essential? Now, don't answer that yet. The reason I'm asking that question is this, is GameStop seems to think so because uh, it was circulated wildly and widely tonight, uh, as before we went to record, uh, that managers at GameStop stores today were sent a notice from corporate 
to ignore local law enforcement if they were told to close due to the coronavirus, stating that they are an essential store and to have managers give the law enforcement corporate's contact information. It's like literally like hand them a copy of this letter. Yep. Guys, um, going to go out on a limb here. Um, are, are, are they serious? They seem to think so. Yeah. I str- like this is, um, this, this is GameStop, right? Yes. So EB games, which is the sister company in Canada, electronic boutique. Um, they issued a statement actually today that I'm pretty sure they are, they are shutting down their doors, uh, or adjusting their hours. Um, and that like tomorrow for pickup for Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal, they're only letting people who have pre-orders come into the store and grab that copy and then go. Um, here's the thing. Video game shops are not, are not essential. That's right. I, I, like, like gas stations, grocery stores, hospitals. Justin, I need my gaming. I need my games so I can, you know, lock myself and, and, in the and house. Maybe it's the games. fear of the internet trolls. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing is more painful than a 13 year old with a keyboard. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. let's be honest. It's a, it is not essential. Okay. Let's give yeah. our heads. There are much more. I, I completely agree from, but they're from, from their point of view, they're saying, they're thinking that they're offering a service to help the mental sanity of the people who are self quarantine exactly. and social distancing well, what they, in their homes. Exactly. They're talking about um, the fact that they sell monitors and keyboards and mice and all kinds of other stuff. And I'm like, I haven't seen any of that in my GameStop in years. Neither have I. So can I throw, throw another perspective out here just real sure. quick? And I know there's, I just want to look at both sides because I would love it if we had a GameStop employee in our group to say something, but um, we got to look at it. I do have other people that well, I follow. Before you go there, if we did and they and we they we talked, we wouldn't be an employee anymore. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> very true. Very true. Uh, no, what I'm thinking is is that I have other friends that uh, who are, are either working or they're not, and they're panicking about what they're going to do about making money so yes i totally you know from my perspective there's a couple ways to look at it yes one great they're open if i need a game i can go get a game but at the same time being responsible an adult you know we're trying to get rid of this virus thing and you shouldn't be out public those type of things we have to think about but also too people who need to make money, need to make money some way, somehow. So maybe, maybe they need those employees, not saying GameStop is thinking of their employees to say, Hey, you know, our people need to make some money. So we're going to stay open. I'm sure it's on their, I have a counter argument to that, but keep going. There's, there's a business end of that. I'm sure GameStop has where, you know, they're already, they're already at the bottom of the barrel and they're going to be lower the way their trajectory is going and which is why they brought Reggie on. Right. So, and the others to, to try to help with identifying and making suggestions and maybe even identifying a new CEO who knows, but overall one aspect I could think of, of this trying to look at the positive side is that the employees, there's people that can still work and make money um, and make a paycheck, you know, whereas if they close doors, 
they they can't make they, they're not going to get paid unless GameStop did something that would help with that. But I don't think they're in a financial situation or position to be able to help. Yeah, I don't, I don't think off. they're in a financial position to help with that right now. And I think that's yeah. why this has come yeah. out. But Jesse, I'll, I'm interested to hear your counter argument here. All right. So, you know, it, it, you know if they were tr- staying open and willing to staff up to help these people who need part-time employment, that might be a plus in their favor. But they're not. They're shrinking hours and reducing staffing. So that's not that's not helping them. What another thing that came out of news from GameStop earlier in the week is corporate is basically washing their hands, pun half intended, of giving the stores what they need to keep the store sanitary. They're they're letting them figure it out themselves with their, through their local sourcing and expense it. But you know what the store shelves look like. That's not that's not happening. Right. So right. corporate doesn't care about their employees by the sound of that. Mm. Yeah, I think the other the other part of it is that, you know, very frankly, GameStop has struggled for a while. Um, they are very dependent right now on the new generation console launches to kind of float them, right, to get them moving forward. And with the idea or the current rumors of, of obviously the coronavirus potentially having delays in parts or manufacturing that can push the console launches down the road. And again, that's not confirmed, right? And obviously I know Xbox came out this, this week and said, Hey, it's going to be in, in Thanksgiving, 2020, but there may end up being shortages as well. That may not be able to supply and demand. And we've already so, speculated this several weeks ago. Exactly. Right. But so for, so for a company or for an organization that is so that makes a lot of their money on console launches, they can't really, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very straight here. They probably feel like they can't afford to, you know, take a knee for a couple of weeks or, or a month, um, and be successful. This, I mean, to be honest, if, if, if GameStop has to close their doors for a month or six weeks or eight weeks, that may be, that may be the final nail in the coffin for, yeah. for that type of organization. Yeah, like in my area, I wouldn't be surprised if six, six doors should close their doors and only two reopened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there's a there's a definite um, air of we have to do this to survive. Here. Yeah, it doesn't look good um, overall. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't look good overall, and it's not going to look good overall. Period. Uh, in fact, I've got to go, uh, or I'm, I'm actually going to send my wife tomorrow to pick up my son's copy of Animal Crossing uh, that he's got paid off there, and that might be it. Like that might be the last time I deal with GameStop. Yeah, I I haven't uh, confirmed him in, in any areas, any of my locals, but stories I've heard from uh, from other people uh, throughout the day is, in order to limit the crowds, they re- allowed people buy Doom a day early, and then straight date for Animal Crossing got broken tonight. Right. Well, and then and then because because of no midnight release, they let people start buying it at about. Nine or ten o'clock. I was earlier than that. I was saw it? like dinner time, six, seven o'clock. Yeah. Okay. So probably because a lot of them in certain areas felt like they were about to start getting that pressure from places to. Well, it, could, it could be a lot of employees realizing that this is you know, I don't care anymore. <laughs> and. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, 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 and I, I want to be very, cl- very clear here again. We talked about the last last show. The employees there, they do the absolute best job that they can, I think, right? Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. They, it's and, it's and the management are, and exe- and the execs that are Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure that, like, very honestly, they're probably like, I don't really feel like I should be here. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like I should be in the store. I understand the, the loss, right? Or I understand the challenge of being exposed. Because somebody wants a copy of Dune Maternal. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it, it just, I, I, I struggle with the idea. Like, if we're qualifying GameStop as an essential vehicle, essential store, because it is, um, helps relieve pressure or, uh, you know, provides escapism, then there is a lot of other industries. That could use that as a uh, as a like, title as well. Are you referring to some paraphernalia? I am. I am referring to all <laughs> types of adult adult entertainment. Uh, oh, so you're 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 thinking more wider spread than I was. But, oh, okay. I'm thinking could like like any. Do you know what I mean? Like like come on now, give your head a shake. Strip clubs. <laughs> That's what he's talking about, Jesse. Yeah, I was trying. Oh. I was trying. I was trying to get you know be nice about. Well, it. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. So yeah, a, t- a tweet I sent out earlier when I heard about this story was, you know, you cannot digitally buy and instantly download toilet paper, food, soap, yeah. but you, you can do that with a game. So yeah. e- even right. without GameStop, people have ways to get it. You yeah. know, they may not like buying things digitally, but it's an option. It's there. There is yeah. not going to be a shortage. Yeah. Right. You are not well, essential. That's uh, that's yeah. it's unfortunate, and we'll see how it plays out. I was trying, I was trying to give him silver lining, but you know, <laughs> yes, you're a good end, man, Charlie Brown. In the end, if uh, there's a state that you know, like California tonight, which has sheltered in place all 40 million residents, guess what? Game stops closing. Right. It, it's going to happen. It's it's. There's no way around it. Uh, let's talk a few events, shall we? Let's do it. It's been a while since we've had any Pokemon Go talk here on the show. Uh, Pokemon Go, uh, like a lot of other things, is making some adjustments to help people in uh, quarantine. And so, uh, Jesse, why don't you tell us about those? Yeah, so... Most a lot of these started last week, and we just didn't talk about them then. But I figured you know it was a good time to talk about it this week. Um, so if the, I don't know if you don't know what the, the incense item is, it, it basically is a, an item you can trigger which attracts Pokemon to you. So you get random spawns at your location that only you see, no one else does. So I don't think they have the way to give them for free. So they, they put up a one-time purchase in the shop. You can buy 30 instances for one coin. And if you don't have one coin, even if you've never paid any money, that means you've never put put anything in a gym. You put a Pokemon in a gym for five minutes, you'll get a coin. So you can, you can get 30 instances for effectively free. Uh, they also increase the time effectiveness of an incense. Normally it's 30 minutes. They increase it to an hour. So you can get you know, probably 55 to 60 Pokemon, just you sitting on your couch at home from just from the effect of, of an, of an, an incense. What was that Tim? No, sorry. Nothing. 
Okay. Okay. And something else that they added is they doubled the effectiveness of incubators. So everything's uh, hatching at half, half the distance. So 10K egg hatches in 5K, etc. And so in a, I don't think, I think this was pl- a planned event anyway. I don't think they added this because it's a, a, a paid event like the Regigigas event was last fall. They're having a Genesect event, which starts tomorrow, and I think at 8 a.m. your local time, and you have to start it at some point before the 26th at 10 p.m. It costs $7.99 to to get access to it. It's got to be paid in in your local currency. It cannot be paid with in-game currency. Uh, You'll get a a group of special research tasks uh, with five sets of tasks total, and each one requires you to catch 25 Pokemon of a particular type, and each step is a different type, along with other things like make trade trade with five friends or something like that. So then the, the final result is a Genesect uh, that you can catch, which is the uh, the first time that Pokemon has been in the game. Okay. Well, so there's something to help bust the boredom while you're sitting around at the house. Uh, speaking yeah. of that... And since you have to capture so many Pokemon, like ultimately 125 Pokemon you'll have to catch to do this, um, good thing they gave you all those instances. That's right. That's right. Speaking of busting boredom, uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. Do it. I'm going to start so I can take a quick bathroom break while you guys are talking. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure here. Uh, I've been playing Exit the Gungeon. Uh, and if you rewind the podcast, you can hear my thoughts about that earlier on. Um, I like it, but I'm not totally in love with it. But that may change the better I get at it. I, I, I sunk some time into it today and actually felt like I got a little bit better. But it does have a very steep learning curve and difficulty level. It's very, very difficult to play. Um, it's not something I would, you know, kid, I, I would think would be even kid friendly because of that. But yeah, I saw that video like Enter, and noped it, right? Yeah. If you, if you like Enter the Gungeon and like the characters and themes from that game, then you would like Exit the Gungeon as well, probably. I think it's 10 bucks on the eShop right now, which may be an introductory price sale, but, uh, it's there. Uh, you can go check that out. And then as of tomorrow, I'm going to be playing Animal Crossing. That's all. Who's next? I'll go, I guess. Uh, um, I don't have much to report on other than I'm trying to finish Luigi's Mansion still. <laughs> and actually, I'm, I've actually made it to the 15th floor. I don't know if you can see it because of the glow on there, but uh, uh, the light won't show up. But this is the 15th floor. The last floor, I think. <laughs> uh, so I just finally, I thought, you know, I was going to go to, what was it? The 14th floor. But then I, I got to that point where I think Marty was talking about the cat. <laughs> the doggone cat stole the 14th floor uh, button. And I was like, oh, no, there's the cat that everybody was, you know, yelling about. <laughs> where's the cat? Or is it the cat gone cat? Yes, exactly. So, but I'm excited. I'm at the 15th floor. I wanted to get this done 
so I can uh, play. Um, there's one game I'm going to be reviewing soon, which is Dead or School, which I have downloaded. And I'll be doing that tomorrow night because I have to kill some time before I do a dinner table with the uh, the UK guys there. I was going to say gentlemen, but they probably would say they're not gentlemen. But <laughs> 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 with the UK guys over there, I'm trying to I have to stay up to at least one o'clock in the morning because they're their daylight savings time hasn't started yet. Yeah. So, um, in order for them for, to meet that, you know, I said I would meet anytime they wanted, but they're, they're still willing to get up early and do their, do their thing. So I've got a few UK guys who wanted to do it. So I'm going to do a dinner, t- I guess, breakfast table, if you will. For yeah. A, <laughs> a little bit of bangers, a little bit of bangers and mash, a little bit of a proper English or Irish fry up, depending on who you got with you. It'd be great. Yes. So um, I'm I'm gonna be trying to kill the uh, do the uh, a let's play of the dead dead or school game, which uh, uh, Justin, when you sent that video, I went and looked at the video and also read the description. It was basically it said hack and slash, and I was like, I'm in. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take a look at it. So game I'm like excited Flynn, to check that hey? out. Good. But then once I get that done, I'm gonna be jumping in Animal we Crossing. Know Tim's like keywords. Yeah. Yes. I know. Hack and slash. Yeah, that's not what I'm not pick oh, asphalt nine, of course, you know, the racing yeah. game, lots of that. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I thought that you, you're talking about the, the cat from Luigi's mansion. I thought that was the worst part of the game. Yeah, there was. It was see, look, so I, I know you said it was bad and I think there was somebody else who said it was it sucked, but I actually didn't think it was that bad. So I was I guess you guys kind of built it up enough to where it didn't seem as bad to me whereas if i didn't know anything about it i probably would have been angry too but uh yeah i i could see why you guys got mad though because it's like you you it cat has nine lives essentially and you got to get each of its nine tails or its tails or whatever cat nine tails i guess but yeah (laughs) and it goes through the floor a couple times you go you so you got to go down to each level and yeah that was uh Mm -hmm. i could see why that would be irritating yeah it was it was not good it was not good. Justin, what you been playing, man? Um, I have been playing a game called Super Bit Blaster XL. And this just hit the Nintendo Switch eShop on Tuesday. And this is actually from uh, the studio is Nicker Vision Studios. So it's Nick and then ER Vision was Studios. That the one, was that the one where you posted uh, where they were like, we're going to give away 100 like codes or whatever? Yeah. And you were like, hey, we want, we'll take one. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly it. And I was awesome. like, I entered to random. And the reason that this interests me so much, and if we didn't get the code, I was going to just end up picking up anyways. This is from the creator of Ding Dong XL. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. We should have him on sometime. I know. I should really set that up, actually. I think he's Canadian, too, because I, I think the studio is out of Vancouver. Well, there um, you go. And uh, this is a really, this is a throwback to like the 80s kind of blaster rocket ship games, um, but it's super addictive. It's got that one more run kind of method. You basically have to shoot and get high scores, leaderboards. Um, but the really cool part is it's also up to two players. You can play against each other or co-op as well. Um, and it's, again, it's, um, we have a let's play or first look up on our YouTube channel, Um I uh, I had a, I had just a ton of fun with it. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, like I said, sometimes games don't have to be super deep and super like meaningful story or life changing, but sometimes just a lot of good fun. 
And this is one of those games. And it's a great kind of, I think, escapism of just, hey, I got 32,000 points. Can I get 35,000 points? Let's see what happens. And the, yeah. you can upgrade the ships by buying, like, you know, it's a very similar to, hey, you earn coins during each match and 30 coins so I can cash my 30 coins. And now I get a, the ship and it has extra bombs or shields are different or extra hearts. Um, so it's it's an absolute ton of fun. I'm trying to see how much it is on the eShop. Because I already downloaded it, I can't see the price on it. Um, Tim, could you grab that? It's for me? normally three ninety nine on sale for two seventy nine. There you go, two seventy nine. I will guarantee Dang, you're going to get at least three dollars of fun with this game for sure. Um, and and uh, I, I'd highly recommend it. That game again is Super Bit Blaster XL. It's available now on the Nintendo Switch eShop. Um, yeah, Marty, I think you'd like this. I think if you take a look at the screenshots. This reminds me of some of the games that you used. It looked a lot like uh, Astro Duel Deluxe. Thank you. There was a game. I was like, what was that game that Marty played? I think this would definitely be right up your uh, up your alley, sir. And again, for three bucks, well worth your time. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Jesse, what about you? Yeah. With uh, this crazy week, I haven't had a lot of time to play games. Uh, the, one, the only thing I did manage to do is I... Rolled credits on Dragon Quest V, Hand of the Heavenly Bride, which is, you know, a DS game that you know, I've talked about last, uh, I don't think I talked about it last week, but the previous two weeks I, I, I did. And there's still like end game content I want to try to clean up, but I'm not gonna, uh, if I don't, if I can't defeat the, the super boss, I'm not gonna be too worried. I do want to try to finish the collection. There's like a museum. You collect artifacts throughout the game. I want to see if I can at least finish that up as much as I can. Though, so, like, to get the last item, you have to beat the super boss in less than 15 turns. I don't see myself getting that item, but I'll try to, I'll try to at least get the rest of it. And with, you know, with me not fully interested, not interested in Animal Crossing, I'm, next week I'll probably start diving into some of, some of my, of my back, backlog, which might, um, might be looking at Yeez 8 again. Give that another try. I might be try, trying Dragon Quest 2 or 3, uh, since I haven't touched those since I bought them on the what Switch. What about Doom? Why don't you go for Doom? Mm. <laughs> you know me and Shooters. <laughs> we got a, yes, I know. Jesse, we got a game that actually came in that maybe I'm going to send over to you to take a look at, because I think you it might be up your alley. Um, maybe I'll put that in the chat here in a couple moments to take a look All at right. but I think I'll, I'll, look yeah. at, I'll, look, I'll have a look. Okay. Awesome. Yep, that's okay. that's all I got. Let's uh, let's shine some uh, light over into the community spotlights. Shine some light, light, light. So over here at the uh, community spotlight this evening, uh, we wanted to highlight a couple of. Emails and things that we had gotten over the last week, uh, and some comments on our Patreon. And so the first one of these comes from the Block Fort, who you guys will know, uh, at, formerly as Cat Janitor or Dan Caparello, one of the hosts of Dad Crossing. Uh, and he asked this, would love to get the dad's thoughts on what games to play while quarantined. Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we had similar questions by other people too. Uh Mecha yeah, Dragon. Uh, Jesus and, Amada, uh 
ask that question. Um, let's see. And Mecha Dragon. Yeah. Lots of people want to know. So come on, guys. No joke. Really one solid recommendation for quarantine. I I wasn't going to say one. I was going to say it's probably going to be different for each person because you could probably really tackle your backlog if you're quarantined, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it could be any handful of games that people could play or and catch up on. So okay. uh, for like for me, it's Luigi's Mansion. I'm trying to get that done so then I can move on to do these other games. So, yeah, I mean, I think so. I'll, I'll give you kind of some quick answers. Um I think, I think there's a couple ways of looking at it. Uh, when I'm in the situation that we're currently in, something like, again, su- so Superbit XL or Ding Dong XL or whatever those, you know, what, like, sometimes it's just pure escapism. Do you know what I mean? I just want to just shut my brain off and just have a bit of fun. Doesn't need to be something um, engaging. Um, I, I also, for me. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe it's just something just where you shoot like a Fortnite or an overwatch or something just where you can just vent. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I would, I would, I myself would avoid, and I joke, but like I'd avoid something like a resident evil or resident evil Two. I want the opposite of the current condition would be the way that I would look at it. So like in a lot of ways, you know, we, we've talked about before why animal crossing is such prime right now. Do you know what I mean? Because it is this pure simplified escapism of everything that's out there. And also, um, I think just like that ability to control, do you know what I mean? So what I mean by that is like, there's so many things in your life that are going poorly for you right now. And I should say poorly, but like are challenging for all of us and are outside of our ability to control. So to find whether it's a comfort food for a game, right? Where maybe it's for me, it's super Mario two. That's a comfort food for me to go back to. That feels like, uh, okay, things are going to be okay. Do you know what I mean? Like whatever that respite is for you to find a game that allows for that opportunity. Um, that's kind of what, what I would say. I, I don't, again, I, I, um, I think everyone has those own things. I, I, you know, for me, one of the reasons, one of the games I keep coming back to is, you know, and sounds bad. Everyone's like, shut up, Justin. I go, I go, I'm going back to Fortnite because right now I'm literally connecting with my friend on a voice call, like to play Fortnite together. That's actually how we're connecting right now. That's the phone calls we're having. Yeah. That's, that's, that's our awesome. guy. That's our guy time. Right. So it's like, okay, we're going to play. 90 minutes of Fortnite, And that's my, that's my rest, right? Tomorrow night, we're going to probably try and do like a Mario, a Mario Kart tournament at the Masson household, but we're opening it up to all of our friends who are basically isolated at their house. Do you know what I mean? And we're saying, here's the code, jump on. We've got like about 10 or we've got about 12 different friends who, who have access. They're going to play it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's yeah. how do you bring community digitally around? I think that's something that, you know, to be honest, the four of us or this team of the Nintendo dads need to talk about is community game night that we used to do right before the show. I think that's become, become really a lot more important. How right. do we continue to host that? So how do you become a host of that? Right. Whether it's getting your friends on Skype, get your friends on discord, a, a voice call, a joint call, whatever that is, you know, mom and dad, uh, animal crossing on a speakerphone, they play across the country, whatever that means, right. Set those things up. Cause I think that's what you need, right. We're already isolated enough allow gaming to be that connection virtually that you can do something together. You feel accomplished. Yeah. We got a victory Royale, man. I feel accomplished today. Right. That feels awesome. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good answer. Cause I think you're probably looking for an actual game, right? For me right now, 
I continue to play uh, Fortnite, playing some Overwatch. We saw the release or the announcement of a new character for Overwatch. I'm excited about that. Yeah, uh, my Echo. daughter just came and told me about that one. Looks sick, by the way. Um, but I don't know. They don't, have, they don't have a console date yet for it, so that's a little bothersome to me. But it'll come eventually. But just like it's going to be different for each person, right? So yeah. I mean, yeah, because whatever it, whatever game it, you want to use for that escapism, which. I guess I'm plugging my own show, but the dinner table we talked about last the last episode, we were talking about the escapism, what games are good for that. It's going to be different for each person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like also, games, I'm like, I, I am not a fan of multiplayer games, just hard couch yeah. or uh, especially yeah. online. Uh, so, you know, if you're someone like me, I, I'd probably recommend, you know, you know, if you like RPGs, look into, Something that's going to give take you a hundred hours to play through, like Dragon Quest Eleven. If you have others, you know, if you have a PlayStation, look at Persona Four, Persona Five. Uh, they're they're back at some classics like Chrono Trigger um, or Final Fantasy Two on the SNES Classic. If you have one of those, uh, those would be excellent. I think two's on there. Maybe it's three. Three. I can't remember. It's three. It's, it's three. Those, yeah, those it's, are. Well, it's it's six, but it, yeah, it's yeah. It's, but it's, it's that uh, one. But I mean, go back, go back to some of those uh, and sink some significant time. That backlog. Yeah, the backlog is that. That's the real winner of yeah. this. That's the real winner answer. It it, re- it really is right. So you know, for me, I'm still putting away at um, something like Super Lucky's Tale, right? Oh, you know, what? I'm gonna go finish a couple more levels in that. I mean, again, I know it's gonna be super relaxing, nothing super stressful. Uh, Pokemon. Do you know what I mean? If you haven't finished that, still put away some of that, right? Um, just again, something that doesn't feel hard, feels like you can get the, the the psychological wins that you need to feel okay, right? And then maybe maybe as an opportunity to, to join in community. Again, if we're dads, this is a great opportunity, right? If your kids are at home, maybe have a family game night. All right, kids, here are all the games we're gonna play that are that are joint together games, right? Yeah. We've got Mario Party, we've got Mario Kart, we've got Overwatch, or sorry, Overwatch, Overcooked. We've got all these games, right? That <laughs> are Luigi's multiplayer. Mansion Luigi's got yeah, the DLC out. That's exactly Luigi's Mansion's yeah. DLC is there, right? Or you can play the co-op, right? Like there's so many options that Nintendo has. Pokemon, let's go. Oh, not let's go. Oh, yeah, let's go Eevee. Let's go Pikachu, right? There's so many things, and even if it's a game that's not traditionally a multiplayer couch co-op, you can do that. Pass the controller. We used to all do that as a child, right? So, you know, find an opportunity to allow your your family, your community, your 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 people to come together and enjoy some of the escapism. Because guess what? They need it as well. Yeah. So a little, little bit of laughter of getting your butt kicked by a blue shell. Um, <laughs> you know, like I said, tomorrow night we're doing, as anyone knows, we're doing Doritos and Orange Crush Party. Do you know what I'm saying? We're going back to 1990s and we are doing the old school party uh, nice. multiplayer gaming session. So I'd encourage you to do that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, another question here from Shiv UK. Uh, are any of the dads planning on getting PS5 or Xbox Series X? Has the recent news helped you choose which one? Uh, it, so you go ahead, Tim. Uh, I was going to just say that for me, I'm already in the PlayStation ecosystem. So Xbox is going to, would have to do something really spectacular and PlayStation would have to do something really spectacular to not want me to get the PlayStation, uh, but the Xbox instead, 
if I were to switch those ecosystems, because that, especially with the backwards compatibility, if I get a PlayStation Five and could play my X Four, my PlayStation Four games on it that I haven't played yet or haven't finished yet, I I can still you know use it to play. Then I'm probably gonna stick with the PlayStation Five just from that, and nothing they either one have said yet has really changed my mind. That was something I already thought of before Xbox started talking about their stuff and PlayStation started talking about their stuff. So, like I said, it would have to be really, really huge for Xbox to say, hey, we're going to do this, and I'm going to be like, sold. Like, for example, uh, I can play Nintendo games on an Xbox <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get either. <laughs> but that's... But that's just because I, I I ain't got time for that. <laughs> I just um, I I'm always tempted by Xbox, uh, but I'm gonna keep with my my Nintendo Switch. So I'm not a um, I'm not I'm not supporting either of them. Yeah, I've I've been a Nintendo and Sony dual console household since the PS2 GameCube era, and so uh, yeah, I'm in the ecosystem. But on the other hand, I haven't last PS4 game I played was Spider Man, so it's it's been it's a, a while. Great- in fact, That's a good one, though. It's not even in my house right now. My son's my son's borrowing it. So, you know, so there is. If I do get a PS5, at least I'll have access to the my PS4 library that I have digitally. I can just re-download, re-download replay it again if I have a need to. But I don't feel like I need to because again, I gave my PS4 away already. Uh, <laughs> I've I've never been a fan of Xbox, but at least this generation, I'm not opposed to the to the idea. If they do something to convince me to buy it, sure, I'll buy it. But but as of now, none none of them have, t- have talked to me because I don't I don't care about the hardware. I just care about the games, and no one has shown me any games yet. And, and right. yeah, right. on that same note, is that, that honestly that... why I'm going to wait a year and see which one has a, a good sale and which one has the better games? Because we've got a PlayStation Four here, we play it maybe thirty percent of the time. Uh, we're, I'm like Justin, I'm an all Nintendo family, uh, except that my son wanted a PlayStation 4 once and boom, here we are. Um, but I really like, (laughs) I really, I really like the, the series one or the Xbox series X right now. And I can't tell you why, but I I think it, I think it has more to do with what is offered on Xbox with game pass and mm -hmm. games with gold and, and different things like that. But, um, very tempting. Yeah, I mean, I, I show me a reason to buy. Yeah, I do believe, like, if someone said you're in a situation, you have to choose one of these two. Do you know what I mean? And or, or by the way, congratulations, you've won a system for free. Like, it's a, it's the it's the holiday draw at work, right? And they're like, yeah. oh, you want a free system, but you actually you can choose which one, and you have to take one, right? Like, we're not giving you six hundred bucks. You have to take one. You're not getting Nintendo Switch. Like, you have to take one of these two. What are you taking? Mm-hmm. I'm taking I'm taking an Xbox. Um, and the reason would be is I, I find it, I've, I've said it before, I find it fascinating what Xbox is doing right now from a business perspective. Right. And I right. think for that Xbox Live that was rumored to come to, you know, Nintendo Switch or, you know, xCloud or whatever, I think that if, if Xbox Live was to come to the Switch, that would push me more towards the thinking about Xbox mm-hmm. because then I'm, I can play on either of those things. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, hundred hundred percent agree. Right, like that would be you know be very interesting to to live in an environment one day where it's like, oh, here's my switch, and by the way, why do you have an Xbox controller? Oh, uh, let me tell you about that. Right, and oh, by the way, now they're <laughs> available for also, uh, you know, uh, on the cloud project X Cloud. Do you know what I mean? Like this right. again, I think it's fascinating what they're doing um, from a content perspective. I don't know. Halo's always kind of interest me. Gears of Wars interest me, but mm-hmm. like that's kind of it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's, that's the meat and potatoes of it. So. Yeah. Yeah, So, and to give you an idea too, on that, why I would be more apt to go with Xbox if they had some sort of thing going on with Nintendo is I was all in on the PS3, PS4 and PS Vita combination because I could go and play games that were on my main system, uh, on my PS Vita. So that that was, you know, when someone was on the TV, I could go yeah. and play. Remote play worked remote when it play, worked. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and it worked for me very well. I was able to play a few games that way and it was I loved it. It was absolutely awesome. So if there was something like that between the X Cloud or the Xbox and uh and Nintendo Switch or even the rumor between the PlayStation doing PlayStation's um remote play on a on a switch there was a rumor of that at one time you know that that those two things might sway me either way so right now it's still playstation because again the ecosystem i could easily replace a ps4 with a ps5 um and say you know it's an upgrade just like i would with a phone or something you know yeah, but, mm. you know, now that now that i have a 4k tv behind me i am looking at upgrading my infrastructure to to I now have a 4K compatible HDMI switch. I want to get a 4K recording device so to kind of future proof myself because no doubt I will get one of these eventually and I will want to record or stream or do something with it. And if I do it, I want to do it in 4K. I'm like, I don't want it to be shrunk down to 1080p and then look odd. So I am future proofing myself to be ready for it, but at this time, I don't know what I'm going to, which one I'm going to get. Gotcha. It might be both. It might be neither. We don't know. We'll see. Well, guys, that's been episode 272 of Nintendo Dads. We want to thank you for hanging out with us tonight, and we hope that uh, this show has helped put a little bit of a smile on your face. Yes, Justin. If you are currently watching us live, I see all the wonderful people over in uh, YouTube right now. Our good friend, Nick Metzger, right now is over on Twitch, and he is live streaming Animal Crossing. Um, there you go. Go show him some love. I am going to drop the link into the chat for you to jump over there, flood his stream, show him some love, maybe just a you know thumbs up, way to go, follow, whatever it is. Um Man, we're so excited for for this awesome stuff that's going over there. And those guys who are running the uh, the Nintendo, sorry, um, and Dad's Crossing podcast are doing a great job, uh, guys. Today it's Animal Crossing. It's live. It's 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 good to go. We're excited to be there as well. So thanks, thanks very much for that. Actually, before we wrap up, there's one more email that I oh. think uh, Marty might have a good answer to. So I'll go ahead and read I, that. I emailed this guy pub- personally. Okay, so, so did you? Yeah. From, right. from, uh, it was Paul from Sydney. Yes. Yeah. I emailed Paul today. Okay. Perfect. Uh, 
because we've discussed that topic. It's the topic of how to get your games from your Switch to your Switch Lite. We've we've discussed that a lot on the show. So I just went ahead and okay. That's uh, fair. Thanks, Marty. So guys, again, that's been episode 272. As we close out the show, we want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers. That's Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contronio. Thank you guys for being a part of the $30 level there. And remember, for April and May, there there is no charge to be a patron of Nintendo Dad. So if you're on the fence, you can head over there right now and you can jump in for free and get a two-month trial run and see what that is like. You can also check us out at nintendodads.org for all of our social media, all of the videos and tweets and podcasts, even a merch store where you can buy some Nintendo Dad stuff. And you can find us on most places just by typing in Nintendo Dads, like Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Just type in Nintendo Dads, boom, we'll pop up right there. You can email us at nintendodads.org, or I'm sorry, nintendodads at gmail.com. Or you can call in and leave a voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. I want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And remind you, download this podcast from your favorite podcast app of choice. But don't forget, give us a five-star review and some written words to help other people find the show. Spread the good news about all that's going on over here at Nintendo Dads. For me, for Tim, for Justin, and Jesse, this has been episode 272. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. Maple Syrup Mooses.